Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's a great day. It's a little rainy out there, huh? That was a little... Um, we had to move in our greeter's tent, but we're all here. Thank you for being here today. Let's go ahead and open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, that we can come here uh, not just to uh, enjoy each other's fellowship, but Lord, most importantly, to celebrate together. It's like a party today, Lord. It, it really is. It's a time where we can not just party on Easter and get all excited, Lord, but you're alive today. You're right here. You're right here, Lord. And we just say we welcome you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for today. We want to celebrate you. And Lord, we ask that you would go ahead and we give you permission to speak to us and change our hearts this morning, Lord, that we would really be overwhelmed by your love, Lord, and it would change the way we live. It would change the way we think, change the way we act. We say, Lord, we just want to give you all the glory today. We want to give you all the honor, and Lord, we're just looking forward to another day with you. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said, amen. Well, uh, we're continuing in our series called This is Love. I love the bulletin cover that we made, you know, when you look at the cross, what do you see? When you look at the resurrection, what do you see? And I think a lot of times our world, you know, they think that it's foolishness, right? It's like, oh, you know, Jesus, your whole Christian thing, the cross, the resurrection, Easter, it's a nice story. We don't know if it's true. It's kind of like, you do your thing, Christian, but I'm going to do mine. And... I think once somebody sees the cross and they see true love, it changes everything. Once they see the resurrection and they see why God did it, because he loves us that much, wow, it changes everything. And so for us today, that's really what we're going to be talking about, how the resurrection has changed everything in our life. At the cross, Jesus died for our sins. Amen? He entered into all of our pain, all of our shame. He took the weight of evil itself. The Bible says he became sin himself. He was separated from his heavenly Father. And he died an excruciating death on the cross. Why? Because he loves us. That's the gospel. That's just the first part of the gospel. The second part is the resurrection. Jesus did not stay in the grave. Amen? And... Through his death and his resurrection, we see God's love freeing us from the weight of sin. God, in his love, overcoming death, which is no small thing. So when we see the death of Christ on the cross and the resurrection of Christ, I would love for us to see this is true love. I remember just thinking, you know, um, as a as a young person in college, before I was a Christian, I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew that I wanted my life to be marked by something that was worth it, something that was good. And I had no vocabulary, I had no knowledge of God. And it was only until I stepped foot into the service for a first time with my brother, and I heard the worship music playing, and it was just like the Holy Spirit hit me, and he was saying, this is true love. And I was like, wow, blown away. It really blew me away. And I was thinking of this whole term, true love, you know. Uh, there was, a, I'm an 80s movies fan. Any 80s movies fans here in the house? All right, we got some. Okay, what's your favorite movie? Is it Goonies? 
Yeah, is it, Audrey? <laughs> Goonies, there we go. Maybe Back to the Future. That's another big one, okay. Any others? Oh, Harry Met Sally. I think that was Cat's Deli in New York, right? Uh, you know, there's a lot of memorable 80s movies, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, right? A lot of funny lines from those movies. And uh, one of my very favorite movies is The Princess Bride. Any Princess Bride fans here in the house? Yes, okay. I think James Kwong, can memor he memorized the whole movie. <laughs> you talk to James sometime about that. So one of my favorite scenes from that movie is when the priest is in the, you know, he's about to marry uh, the two, and, um, you know, he starts off by saying, marriage, right? <laughs> But then he goes on to say, love, true, love. <laughs> we all know it. I love it. So I wanted to show you a little bit of a scene from the movie. And yes, we can play it in church. And this movie is really a love story, isn't it? It's a love story. And Wesley, the farm boy... He's trying to recapture the heart of his true love, Princess Buttercup. So, unfortunately, Wesley is killed by the bad guy, uh, Prince Humperdinck. And, you know, the story doesn't look like it's going too well. Humperdinck uh, kills him, and his friends, they don't want this to be the end of the story. So they're taking him to a miracle maker, Miracle Max, in fact. And they're trying to see if he can bring Wesley back to life. Let's go ahead and uh, watch as Wesley's search for true love continues on. What? What? Are you the Miracle Max who worked for the king all those years? The king's thinking son fired me. And thank you so much for bringing up such a painful subject. While you're at it, why don't you give me a nice paper cut and pour lemon juice on it? We're closed! Beat it, or I'll call the Brute Squad. I'm on the Brute Squad. You are the Brute Squad. We need a miracle. It's very important. Look, I'm retired. Besides, why would you want someone the king's stinking son fired? I might kill whoever you wanted me to miracle. He's already dead. He is, huh? I'll take a look. Bring him in. I've seen worse. Sir? Yes. Sir? Huh? We're in a terrible rush. Don't rush me, Sonny. You rush a miracle, man, you get rotten miracles. You got money? 65. I never worked for so little, except once, and that was a very noble cause. This is noble, sir. His wife is crippled. Children are on the brink of starvation. Are you a rotten liar? I need him to help avenge my father. Murdered these 20 years. Your first story was better. Where's that bellows pen? He probably owes you money, huh? Well, I'll ask him. He's dead. He can't talk. Look who knows so much, huh? Well, it just so happens that your friend here is only mostly dead. There's a big difference between mostly dead and all dead. Please open his mouth. Now, mostly dead, 
is slightly alive. Now, all dead. Well, with all dead, there's usually only one thing that you can do. What's that? Go through his clothes and look for loose change. Hey! Hello in there! Hey! What's so important? What you got here, that's worth living for. You heard him? You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Yes, honey. True love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for a nice MLT. Mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes are ripe. They're so perky. I love that. But that's not what he said. He distinctly said, to blave. And as we all know, to blave means to bluff. Huh? So you're probably playing cards and he cheated. Liar! Get back, witch! I'm not a witch, I'm your wife! But after what you just said, I'm not even sure I want to be that anymore! You never had it so good. To love, he said to love, Max. Don't say My another God. word, Valerie! He's afraid. Ever since Prince Humperdinck fired him, his confidence is shattered. Why'd you say that name? You promised me that you would never say that name! What? Humperdinck? Ah! Humperdinck! 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 Love lies expiring, and you don't have the decency to say why you won't help. Nobody's here, nothing. Humperdinck, Humperdinck. This is Buttercup's true love. If you heal him, he will stop Humperdinck's wedding. Shut up. Wait, wait. I make him bear the Humperdinck suffers? Humiliations galore. I did a lick all day, Nisha. That is a noble cause. Give me the 65. I'm on the job. That's a miracle pill. The chocolate coating makes it go down easier, but you have to wait 15 minutes for full potency. And you shouldn't go in swimming after for at least what? An, an hour. Yeah, an a hour. good hour. Yeah. Thank you for everything. Okay. Bye bye, boys. Have fun storming the castle. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye-bye. It'll take a miracle. So what's the most noble cause in the world? True love. What's worth living for? True love. To blade. No, so funny. <laughs> so great. So eventually, I'm going to be a ruiner if you've never seen it before, but if you haven't seen it yet, <laughs> eventually Wesley is brought back to life, and eventually he finds and wins back the heart of Princess Buttercup. And they go on to live happily ever after, just like they do in the movies. In the end, love conquered death. He was mostly dead, though. So, you know, today I'm going to be talking about how the resurrection of Jesus is really God's story. It's the best story ever. How God's love conquered death. God's love conquered death itself. Death is a great tragedy. It's a great finality. It's the inescapable curtain call, if we're thinking about it in Hollywood terms. Death is the very end of all possibilities, isn't it? And so when Jesus died on Good Friday, it was anything but good. His followers, his disciples, they were devastated. Their dream was over. Jesus was dead. Their heads were hung low. They felt lifeless. They were grieving. Their eyes were swollen from how much they were weeping. And they were asking, 
the question, how could this be? We thought Jesus was the Christ. We thought he was the Savior. But now he's dead. So the darkness and the tragedy of Good Friday, it feels, we, we understand how the disciples felt. We go through tragedies in our own life. We have certain things that have happened to us, difficulties and challenges. All of us go through these things. All of us feel at one point or another broken. We feel, we're filled with discouragement, with heartache. Maybe there's a broken situation, a relationship, and Ultimately, we've all lost people or will lose people that we really dearly love and that's one of the hardest things to go through. We know what the disciples felt. But it was on that Easter morning, which we celebrated last week, but we can celebrate it again this week too, that God showed the world that there's a love stronger than death. Amen? That's what Easter is really all about. And so the resurrection of Jesus, it should make a difference in how we live. It should make a difference in how we act, in how we view God, and we're changed by his love. So number one, you can write this in your notes, in your bulletin notes. It's a great way to just remember and internalize it and get it. Number one, resurrection is the defeat of death. What does resurrection mean in our lives? It means the defeat of death. You know, Paul, he calls death the great enemy. Death is not a friend. Death is not a doorway into eternity. And when I do funerals, sometimes I'm tempted to minimize it. You know, it's, it's okay because, <clears throat> you know, for this reason and that. And, you know, Jesus is, they're with Jesus. But really, death comes to all men. 100% of us will die. And death is not a friend. Death is an enemy. Death is a beast. But the enemy and the beast was destroyed on Easter Sunday. And the fear of death. You know, a lot of times when I was uh, walking with the Lord, even for a long time, I was thinking, ooh, I know the pastor. I know the Bible. They talk about like, you know, you're supposed to just not be afraid to die. But to be honest, if I'm really honest with myself, I am. And if I were to, you know, pass away today, I'd be so sad to lose all these things I'm looking forward to in my life, like my kids growing up and just all these awesome times with my wife and friends. And Lord, I, I want to live. I don't want to die. I'm like, I'm scared. The fear of death. But then I was on a mission trip in Mexico and we were there um, in uh, Juarez, Mexico. And the guide there great guy. He, he was talking to me. He was um, newly married. He was a little bit younger than I was. And he, we were talking about that, the fear of death. And he said, oh, I'm not afraid to die at all. I'm ready to go. And I said, oh, you just got married. Don't you want to, you know, grow old and have all these experiences? You don't want to die yet. He said, no, I'm looking forward to it. Like, come on, bring it on. Like, you know, and his wife is right there and she's smiling. They just they love the Lord so much. And he's like, do you know how good heaven's going to be? It's going to be way better than this. Like, I love my wife. And she's like, yeah, and I love him too. And they're just like, you know, we love each other, but we love Jesus more. Like, heaven is way better than this. We're not afraid to die. Like, we're ready to go. And in Mexico, when you're driving around, that's a possibility. <laughs> so I was like, you know, yeah, I got to... 
I got to look at this differently. Lord, Lord, take away this fear of death. Take a sting out of death for me. And I'm like, Lord, you know, and I'm praying and praying, and I'm ready. I'm ready. You know, I, I do love my kids, and I do love my wife, and I love all of you, and I, I'm just like, yeah, there's so much to live for here, but there's so much God has for us there. And you know, like my last breath here on earth, it's going to be my first breath in heaven, boom, into eternity with him. That's where we want to be. We want to get over that fear, that fear of death. Can you imagine being freed from the fear of death if you're struggling with that? Can you imagine looking that monster in the face and laughing and smiling and saying, I'm not afraid of you? Can you imagine when you're about to take your final breath here on earth that you be looking forward with great joy and anticipation? My mom went through that when, I, when, she find, when she passed away. We were in the hospital room, and I got to see it modeled. We were gathered around her, and her heart was giving out. And they said, Kathy, do you want to, us to give you some heart medication? It might prolong your heart rate, get it up there, your blood pressure a little higher. You might give you a few more hours. And she said, oh, don't worry, doc. I'm ready to go. She said, I'm running to Jesus. I'm going to be running to Jesus. And she was there and she took her final breath and the peace of God, it was in that room. Peace of God was in her. That fear of death was removed. I see that example. I'm like, yes, that's what I want. Could you imagine that for your life, for your children's life, for your spouse? Yes. You know, dictators and just evil regimes and throughout history and people who have persecuted the church, they use that as a weapon, the fear of death. What, what are we going to do to you? We can kill you. We can take everything from you, but we can ultimately kill you. But there's been so many people throughout history who are living in these ways and they have nothing. But when they tell that person, sorry, I'm not afraid to die for what I believe in. You can take everything from me, including my own life, but I'm not afraid. They have no power over them at that point. Christians were thrown to the lions. They were put on sticks and lit on fire, tarred and put on stakes throughout ancient Rome by the Caesars. But they weren't afraid to die. They said, bring it on. You can do anything you want. But you, you can't make me enslaved to fear, the fear of death. That's why it's so important that we know what happened to Jesus. You know, did Jesus really die? That's a great question. And a lot of people believe, no, it's a myth. Some religions like Islam believe it was a fake, that Jesus was not really dead. That maybe he was resuscitated and brought back to life, and it's a hoax. And that's what they teach their people in Islam. But Jesus did not have a near-death experience. Neither was he sort of dead like Wesley was, almost 100% dead. He didn't pass out on the cross to wake up later and, and come out of the tomb. The disciples weren't hallucinating when they saw that Jesus was dead and he was alive again. No, Jesus was dead. He was 100% dead, all the way dead. The disciples knew this. 
They knew it wasn't a fake. That's why when he was resurrected, there was so much joy and so much courage and boldness that all of them went on to be killed for their faith. They knew he was alive. Would you be willing to die for a lie? No. They were murdered because they knew and they were preaching that Jesus was alive. They were turning the city upside down and eventually the whole world upside down because this fact remained. Jesus was dead and now he's alive. It wasn't that he, they, Jesus was alive in their hearts. You know, like sometimes we say, oh, so-and-so is here in our hearts. They're, they're here present in our hearts. No, he was there in person. He showed himself to the disciples, to hundreds of people, and eventually to Paul. Check out Paul. He was uh, writing to the Corinthian church. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, this is what he said to the church. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I have also received, that Christ died for our sins, in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he's talking about himself, he also appeared to me. He appeared to Paul. Paul met the risen, the resurrected Jesus. So resurrection is not resuscitation. It's not hallucination. Resurrection is only what God can bring about when every other possibility is gone. So that's number one. Resurrection is the defeat of death. Number two, you can write it in your notes, resurrection is the gift of new life. It is the gift of new life. Paul wrote to the Corinthians as well, for as by one man, for as by a man came death, by a man has come also the erection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. So because of the sin of one man, Adam, at the very beginning, each of us who is born, and every human being born, is infected with this disease called sin. Every single one of us, yes, I said every single one, is infected with this disease and is spiritually dead, is completely 100% spiritually dead, completely separated from God in our sins. And this spiritual death, this spiritual deadness that we suffer eventually leads to physical death. Like I said, every single one of us, 100% of us, will die. This physical death will lead to God's judgment and God's punishment for our sins. And that's the bad news, right? That's what we have to, the reality of our human condition. But in the same way death came to all, the resurrection of the dead, the gift of new life, both spiritually and physically, when we're raised again one day in the great resurrection, that all came through one man as well, 
Jesus Christ, the Savior, the Messiah. And in Christ, each one of us is offered this gift of resurrection life. It's a new kind of a life. We're new creations in Christ. It's a resurrection life. I like that term, resurrection life. Are you living a resurrected life? What did we do to deserve this? Nothing. What did we do to earn it? Nothing. This resurrection life, this new life in Christ, is simply a gift to be received. Ephesians 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving wrath. I don't know how old you were when you received Christ. Maybe some of you still are here today. You've, you've never actually said, yes, Jesus, I see what you've done for me. That is good news. I want to receive this by faith. But all, each one of us was there at some point. We're saying, you know, we're living by the desires of the flesh. We deserve wrath in that condition. But this is verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we are dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. So resurrection is not an achievement. Resurrection life is not something we deserve. No one can resurrect themselves from the grave. But in Christ, for all of us, each one of us who simply put our faith in him, to all who receive the gift of Jesus Christ shall be made alive by his grace. Nothing we did to earn it. I love what they're talking about. God who is rich in mercy. It is by grace you have been saved. And I was thinking about the differences between mercy and grace. Now, mercy is God not giving us what we deserve, right? He has mercy on us. But grace is different. Grace is even better. God is, in, through grace, is giving us what we don't deserve. He gives us everything. His riches, the riches of his grace. Forgiveness, a purpose in life. We get to spend eternity with him. He has so many things that he just wants to pour out and shower you like the riches of our, his grace. We don't do anything to deserve it, but God does everything. He gives us a new life. He gives us a new start. He gives us a new heart. He gives us a new spirit that comes to live within us, to help us, to counsel us, to comfort us, to lead us, to give us a heart for others around us. That's why it's good news. Moving on, Ephesians 2, verse 6, and God raised us up with Christ. The good news continues on. He raises us up with Christ and seated us 
with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in the, his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And he says it again, just so that we get it. For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. Simply a gift to be received through faith. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone who's in Christ one day will be resurrected. You have a resurrected body. You have a glorious new spirit body. A spiritual body. Matched up with the physical. And one day in heaven, you are going to have a body like Jesus. You know, we don't quite know what that heavenly body is going to look like. But when, remember when Jesus came back, he had a, a new body, a heavenly body. And he was eating fish. He ate breakfast. I hope in heaven that we could eat, eat fish. I think we will. Jesus was eating. That would be kind of a bummer we get to heaven. There's no food. There's going to be a wedding feast. A feast. We'll be eating. It's going to be awesome. These, these bodies, we don't know how old we're going to be. How old do you want to be? 25, maybe? <laughs> That's a good age. I don't know. We don't know. But it's going to be an awesome body. God is going to give us these new spiritual heavenly bodies. The Nicene Creed. Christians have been saying this creed for 1,700 years now. This is part of it. That we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Are you looking for the resurrection of the dead and the life that's to come? The fear of death is gone? Yes, one day, because you are in Christ, God's going to resurrect. You know the people in these graves that have gone before us throughout history that have said yes to Jesus? It's going to be a great resurrection for them. New bodies spending eternity together with Jesus. Romans 8, 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, let me read that again. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So the Holy Spirit who with the Father raised Jesus from the dead, is bringing new life to you. That's why I love that term, resurrection life. And that's the life that we're to live now. Resurrection life. Why did he do it though? Why? Because the same love that rose Jesus from the grave is going to raise you. The same love that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you. What does the resurrection mean in our lives? Number two, and it's a gift. Number three, you can write it in your notes. Resurrection is proof of God's eternal love for us. It's proof of God's eternal love for us. Romans 5.8, Pastor Mark talked about this last week in his sermon. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He demonstrated, or you could say, he proved his love for us, by dying for us. 
and being risen from the grave for us. Now Paul, he finishes up Romans 8 with a powerful assurance. He says in Romans 8.37, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height, nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because Jesus, he took on death. He let all of death's power come and exhaust him and eventually crush him. Think about that. He let the power of death crush him. And because the Father in his great love for us, he raised his son Jesus, power of the Holy Spirit from the grave, he demonstrated his true love for us. Now every single person who is in Christ, nothing, not even death itself, can separate us from the love of God. The best part about it is resurrection life can begin in you. If you've never received Jesus, or maybe you were walking with Jesus and you say, you know what, I'm just not living this kind of life. I'm not really excited about spiritual things. I'm not really even, you know, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I have a huge fear of death. I'm not really thinking about eternity and living in eternity. I'm kind of stuck in the here and now. You know, I'm not really somebody who's taking a hold of the gift that Jesus has for me. I've kind of just dabbled in it. I kind of stuck my foot in it, and then I'm kind of afraid. You know, I'm not really quite sure if Jesus Christ really can accept and love me for who I am. I've messed up. I haven't been doing certain things. You know what? I just don't feel worthy. And all of these things will start flooding through your mind. And all of these things, every single human being, it's the condition that we live in. And that's why Jesus Christ says, we're saved by grace, not by our works. It's all him. It's all his grace. He's just offering us a gift. And all we have to do is receive his gift. Question for us is, do you need a resurrection in your life today? I would love it as a pastor for each one of us to be able to say, you know what? There's some part of my life. It might be something where you have to say, God, I'm not going to be too prideful right here, right now. I need your resurrection right now. I need your power. Come and flood me with this resurrection life. Come and help me to understand the depth of your love. And that's going to change everything for me. God has such a plan. He has such a purpose. God wants to change the story of your life. The dead things in your life, He wants to resurrect. You might be kind of like Wesley on the table, and it seems like everything's gone wrong. And there's no way out. There's a certain situation or a relationship, or maybe it's just your heart, and it's, there's no hope. Jesus says, don't worry, I'm the miracle maker, the real miracle maker. 
And he's going to change the end of your story if you would just let him. However it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. May the Holy Spirit really speak to you today and say, there's so much more I have left for you. When you look at the cross, what do you see? When you see the resurrection, what do you see? I see true love. How about you? Let's pray. Would you stand? God is offering each one of us here this morning. There's no accidents. You're here for such a time as this to hear this message and respond to it. He's giving us a choice. We can continue on what we're doing or we can just humble ourselves and say, yeah, Jesus, I'm, I want to receive this gift. A lot of times it comes down to choose death or choose life. I don't want to be too proud to say, Jesus, I need you again fresh this morning. I need your resurrection power in my life. He loves us with an unearned, unending, never-ending love. A love that was proved on the cross and in his resurrection. What more do you need? Is there anything more that you need? Or are you willing to say, Jesus, I want to receive everything you have planned for me, starting right here, leading out into eternity. Would you receive his gift this morning? You know, Revelation 19 says this, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters. Imagine it. And like loud Peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. God, we look forward to eternity with you. And we want to live in the light of this fact that you love us so much, Lord, that you sent your only son for us. That you wouldn't count our sins against us, Lord, but you would put all the punishment and the weight of death itself upon your only son. He proved his love for us. And he submitted himself to death on our behalf. And he rose from the grave in victory. And Lord God, we just say thank you for this resurrection life that you offer each one of us through your grace. 
there's anybody here who's never stepped into this new life and say, yes, Jesus, I see what you've done. I see this is an act of true love. You would just simply say, Jesus, I want to start a relationship with you this morning. Thank you for what you've done. I see the cross and I see true love. And it's melting my heart. I see the resurrection and I see true love. And all the things you have planned for my life. Starting right here, right now. Lord, I'm excited. I can't wait for that wedding supper. For that wedding feast with you, Lord. I want to be running to you, Lord Jesus. I thank you so much, Lord. You love us that much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.